you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy, and boy, we're seeing his worthiness as we move forward, as we look at the crucifixion. Today, folks, we're looking at the life of Christ. We're in chapter 19 of the book of John. It's it's hard. It's some hard stuff to look at, but I needed mm. it. I needed every bit of it. Kevin's with me. Kevin, I got a question for you as I say good morning. Sure. And uh, what, did, uh, what did God do for Moses when he had a headache? For Moses, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking rod, uh, that wouldn't help. Hit him over the head with his rod. I give up. Gave him two tablets, brothers. No. <laughs> anyway, how did I miss that? <laughs> Fourth grade jokes continue I've used on. that before. I, I found a new batch. Yeah. So if you got them out there, hey, you're doing pretty well. If not, feel free to use those jokes. So, so how's your day going, Kevin? It's going wonderful, sir. I'm, I'm just so honored to have this opportunity. What an opportunity it is. So here we are. We're in South Carolina. It's still cold, uh, but it's warming up today. I think it's going to be like 45. It'll probably go down real low. Pray for Kevin. Again, he doesn't have one of these Arctic coaches and uh, where they heat the ceilings, the floors, the walls. <laughs> and uh, I had uh, years ago, I was with a guy. He had a, uh, uh, he had a camper pole long trailer and a real nice one. And, but he had no push-outs or anything, and his walls looked thick. And I, I said to him, and he had a truck that was like a F-450. You know, it could have pulled a house. And he said, that's what it's doing. He said, this is an Arctic camper. I could, I could be in Alaska in the middle of wintertime with this. And uh, that's wow. how insulated it was. And, and he told me it was two and a half times the price. Now, your average preacher and stuff travels in the south during the winter. And, but the south is letting Kevin down right now. So we, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sadly so. Sadly so. Oh. But today we're looking at Christ's suffering. So uh, in, in the suffering that go, we go through and the suffering that God went through, but the God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory, Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect. So he's talking about our suffering. In a little while, we're going to read all the scripture talking about his suffering and uh, being scourged, being beat, being smoked, being hurt over and over again. And But I want to take from this the practical side. For I reckon, Paul says over in, in Romans chapter 8, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to compare with the glory which thou has revealed. And in a minute, we're going to, over the next two or three days, we're going to be talking about Christ's suffering but he's going to wipe away our tears, Kevin. He's reminding us that the stuff we go through is nothing. Uh, you know, it's, it's terrible. But when you get to heaven, you'll be so thankful you went through this stuff. You'll be so thankful you hung in there. Yeah, and this trauma broadcast, it's, it's really holy ground when we get to Christ's suffering because he, uh, it says, I think we talked in our last broadcast, <clears throat> he left us an example in his suffering that we should walk in his steps. And the example of his suffering has left a bright, bright uh, set of footprints for us to follow in. Um, Paul put it this way in Philippians chapter 3, one of my favorite passages of scripture, Doug. He said, Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, 
and to count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Well, mm. how could he say, I'm excited to lose everything, and uh, and I see it as dung that I might win Christ and um, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness. So he just pours contempt in all his pride, yeah. which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. In other words, he, had, he did not look at himself as checking boxes like we do, like, yeah. well, I'm doing pretty good. He said, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And I love that because it is read in Romans where it says, but now the righteousness apart from the law or without the law is what it says in our King James Bible. Without, outside. The righteousness that is without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, there's, for there's no difference. For all of sin come short of the glory of God. He has provided his righteousness to overlay our sinfulness and our righteousness, by the way, is filthy rags. Isaiah 64, verse 6, I believe is what it is. Um, his his uh, righteousness is what we can glory in. Hallelujah. We yeah. can be excited about Thank it. Thank you, Jesus. Then he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Well, that sounds pretty cool there. Man, get up, walk through walls and all that kind of stuff. Still get to eat. That's what Jesus did when he sat down after his resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Well, that's the hard verse. And when we, we talk about the sufferings of Christ, we're talking about what we enter into when we go through junk. Why, Lord, would I go through <clears throat> you know, an experience where I get blindsided by my mother dying or by someone dying in a car accident, by getting... You know, the doctors say, well, the reason you're having this pain, sir, is you're eat up with cancer. Or, almost worse yet, we think we can deal with it. We think we can help you. And it just drags on, and it doesn't get better. There's a guy, he's with the Lord. His name's Wally Davis. He was um, had pancreatic cancer. He turned yellow, and uh, he was preaching in a meeting. Someone said, Wally, your eyes are looking yellow. Your skin's a little yellow. He said, huh, that's weird. I, don't, I feel fine. Went to the doctor, and he said, doctor, why do I feel yellow? The doctor said, well, there's only like two reasons. Let me check. And he came back and he said, the two reasons you can be yellow, you've got the worst one, pancreatic cancer. And they, they gave him his treatments. <clears throat> he was considered cancer-free. And they said, if you're cancer-free for a year, you're good to go. It's gone for good. On the one-year anniversary, Wally Evangelist Wally Davis, he was out of uh, a church in California, uh, North Valley Baptist Church. On that, I heard Wally preaching this. He said, "Folks, recently my family had a one-year anniversary of my cancer-free. They were celebrating the fact that the C word was gone forever." He said that morning he had a follow-up at the doctor. He went to the doctor, and the doctor said it's come back. Mm. The morning of the party. He went to the doctor. Now, they didn't know. When he got back to his house, the party was going on. It was a surprise party. He walked in knowing that he had it again, and uh, he died from it. Mm. So that was a hard day, and it was a hard situation, and those are the hard things of life. Why do I go through that kind of suffering? Well, the answer is sometimes no good reason other than Jesus went through suffering. He had no good reason. He, he can he help was, your brother. Yeah, he, he was not Second guilty. Corinthians. Yeah, 
you can help that person in the way you've been helped. And uh, just Wally Davis's name being mentioned in the way he handled his life today helped me. And thank God, you know, maybe that suffering because I, I had never heard of him and many are the afflictions. We don't want to go down to a negative place, but many are the afflictions of the righteous. Remember that verse, but the Lord deliver him out of them all. And, and, and friends, God's going to deliver us through these sufferings we had one way or another, you know, and I know what was said to this man. I had a man, a missionary worked for me who had pancreatic cancer and, and, uh, uh, they told him it could be one or two things. You know, you got a bile duct in your liver that's blocked or something like that, or you got pancreatic cancer. Well, we got to do a Whipple and chemo and all kinds of things, and you have diabetes forever. And uh, so, you know, this is terrible stuff you hear about. This is terrible stuff that we go through sometimes. But God has a purpose. And I, I wonder when we get to heaven, if we go up and start talking to Wally, if he'll tell us about what God did in his life through that year. Uh, and everything God did, and maybe who's in heaven um, yeah. because of that year, brother. I think a lot of people got saved at the funeral from what I heard. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's why we go through some of this stuff, folks. Maybe in the midst of all this, the, the bigger reason is to bring, obviously the only reason is to bring honor and glory to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But there's a real big reason. You know, I was uh, listening to a lady talking last night, and she was uh, living in a lesbian type of relationship. And, and she got saved, and she knew in her own mind that I'm wrong. I need to leave this relationship. And she left the relationship. And two years later, uh, the girl that she was in a relationship was married to a man and pregnant. And 10 years later, this lady had uh, an 8- or 9-year-old son. And 20 years later, uh, this son... Uh, was a committeeman on his consul in the town. And 30 years later, this lady's 70 years old or whatever. 30 or 40 years later, this man's a U.S. congressman. And mm. this other lady's married and had children. Mm. And she said, you know, it's not about what I feel. It's not about what I want. God did this right. I was doing it wrong. There's kids that are congressmen today. My kid is a doctor. She said, I have a kid who's a doctor who's working on a cure uh, for cancer. And you know, folks, so often we get, why are we going through these things? Why, why can't I be the way I want to be? And, and God's just like, Hey, suck it up, soldier, you know, grow up, grab your backpack, grab your Alice pack, grab your LBE, grab your stuff, get your M16, make sure it's loaded. It's time to go. And that's where we're at, folks. We're going into Jesus crucifixion. When we come right back, let's let the radio stations do what they have to do. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. so we're back with you we're continuing on with the life of christ we find ourselves moving into chapter 19 the crucifixion chapter very hard chapter in the book of john and uh, we're just going to jump right into it and uh it's it's hard uh you know it's hard to look at then therefore Pilate. i'm sorry then Pilate therefore took jesus and scourged him and, and and we know what that means right he's whipping him he's beating him 
and the soldiers plated a crown of thorns. So they made this fake crown, but not only did they make this fake crown, they made him a crown of thorns. So the thorns, they could bang it into his head and they put it on his head and then they put on him a purple robe. And, and we've talked about purple before. So from the color wheel, we make purple, I think it's blue and red. And, and it was the hardest color to make. Blue was real hard back in the day. And getting a pure red and blue that would mix together and make a beautiful purple, it was the most expensive color. It was really hard to get. And it was kind of outlawed by everybody but royal people. And so here they are giving Christ this purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. They beat on him. Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto him, unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him. And so here we get they're describing the events. We're beating him, we're whipping him, we're doing all this. And Pilate, they're, they're mocking him. You know, let's put this crown on him that's thorns. Let's bang it into his head and cut him. And, and, and let's put this purple robe on him that only a king can wear. And, uh, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and whip him and whip him and whip him. We're going to mock him. We're going to punch him. We're going to slap him with our hands. And, and, uh, and then Pilate, and I'm kind of blown away by this. Once again, Pilate declares that this guy's innocent. He, he, but again, he's just appeasing the crowd, making that wrong decision, Kevin. He's saying, you know, I think this guy's innocent. He look, sure yeah. looks innocent to me. Here's your guy. Do with him what you want. And, and, and folks, Pilate let him, he's complicit here. He, he let him. I'm complicit. You know, the hard thing here is I'm talking to you as a guy who's complicit in the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus <laughs> Christ. He had to be crucified, Kevin, for me to live eternally. Wow. Yeah, that's the thing that you keep in perspective through this whole thing. He did it for us. He didn't have to do it. He didn't do it to get our pity. He did it to get our faith. And um, I look at this and I say, you know what? That's someone I can trust. I can trust that guy. He He's up on the cross saying in a few minutes, um, he, he's saying, Father, forgive them for they knew not what he did. Never man spake like this man. The authority, the graciousness, all those things that made Jesus so wonderful in his life are exploding now in his death. And uh, it's just pretty cool when you when you think about it, but then it's pretty tragic. And again, if you if you never realize that the cross teaches us two things at least. Number one, it teaches us how bad our sin is if it took such a gruesome murder. Number two, it teaches us how much the love of God is if he did it willingly. So the evil of our sin and the goodness of our God are both on full display here. And I think the God of creation knew this was the only way he could win the hearts of sinners back. And um, God, you know, I want to point out too that when they started with the crown of thorns and the reed and, and the scourging, that the, the first instance of suffering was when they, they hit him with the palm of their hand. Some people think it was one of these nose shots with the fore, forearm being driven directly into the nose with the palm up in the air, not just a slap and not just a punch. But um, regardless, it gets increasingly 
bad and the scourging. You know, people say, well, I scourged 40 times, save one. No, that was a Jewish scourging. When Paul said of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four, he was talking about the, the law of the Jews. Those, those bad birds, they were just like, hey, man, this is the law says 40 times at the most. So we're going to go, you know, we're going to show how righteous we are by doing one back. But this was a scourging. This was a cat of nine tails. This wasn't a John Wayne movie where they're just whipping a guy which is horrible to look at in the movies with someone's bullwhip whipping a guy <clears throat> through the clothing. But um, we're talking about scourging where you're naked and it's a cat of nine tails. They say it's, you know, the little pieces of uh, lead and metal and glass and, and, and ceramic broken up, uh, pot shirt, you know, attached to the end, glued onto the end, whatever. And the, the executioner, uh, a, a sadistic man, just um, grunting with the pain, I mean, with the effort of laying into him. Just a horrible, horrible scenario unfolding here. And then like the mocking of the crown of thorns. You, you say you're a king? Ha! How you like this for a crown? And um, God's doing something here that we just can't imagine, Doug. And they're mocking him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Pilate, uh, when he said, um, I, tr- uh, I, I bring him forth to show that I... Uh, find no fault in him. He's basically saying, look, I've I've worn him down. I've given him the Inquisition. He's barely alive, okay? These people die during this. Can't you, can't you get it now? I don't think he ought to be in this position. I think, Doug, that we're, we're watching the height of man's evil and the height of God's goodness. And, and, and the hardest thing here is as we look back at this to realize just what we said that this is for all of us. We're all complicit. We're all part of Christ's crucifixion. I'm so glad it happened. But to look at this from a historical perspective, when you look at history, so my first undergraduate four-year degree, my first four-year degree was in American history uh, from uh, State University of New York, Albany. But I, you know, we when you look at history, there's a couple things you want to do. It's almost the way we look at hermeneutics with the scripture, right? We want to understand the setting, What's going on? What's the underlying point? You want to come down to what's the underlying point? Why are we looking at this historically? Mm. Well, we're looking at this historically to see what Christ did for us, obviously. But I think at this point, we change that up a little bit and say, what's happening to Christ? And Kevin just put it right. You know, they would whip them. They'd be ground up bones, whatever they could get their hands on, sharpened up stones, glass. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, they would dip things. I mean, they're hurting our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Mm. uh, just to hurt them. Just for hurting him's sake, uh, you know, we got this innocent man who never hurt anybody, who could have called down 10,000 angels, who could have, when his name was mentioned again, uh, not even put a hand up and, blow, and had everybody die who was trying to hurt him. But I think that looking at this from a historical perspective of what God's going through, they're getting ready to kill our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They're going to kill the 100% man side, but they're never going to kill the, the Savior and, uh, you know, there's a term in, uh, in Latin. It's called, you know, we know all the semper terms, right? All the branches of the service have one. You're, you're very familiar with semper fi, semper paratus for the Coast Guard. And, and, and then there's semper invictus. Semper invictus is, is part of theology. It's actually a pretty big deal. We spent six hours on it one Saturday in a two-hour theology class. And, <laughs> and, and the idea is it's uh, um, 
and, and so Semper Fi means always faithful. So it's always unvanquished, always undefeated, always. Mm. Christ left this earth without ever being defeated. Amen. Christ left us. So as we look Praise. at this and we say to ourselves, right? Remember Semper Invictus here. Uh, you know, we, we say to ourselves over and over again, um, he did this for us, but he was never defeated, Kevin. Yeah. What a savior. He is, he is always going to rise above what man throws at him and how, how we're on the, the lines are falling under us in pleasant places because we're on the winning side. Yeah. And what is that? Curtis Hudson saying that song. I'm on the The winning side. side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Yeah. (laughs) Let me tell you something, folks. That's good living right there when you're on the winning side. Be on the winning side. Listen to what uh, Charity has to tell you in just a few minutes. She'll tell you everything you need to know from Scripture on how to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you hadn't accepted him and you're sitting here reading the Scripture, I don't know how you can go by without accepting him. We sure do love you folks, and, and we're just so honored that you tune us in. Let us be part. Come back tomorrow. Sadly, it gets a little bit worse, but it gets a little better for us as it gets closer to Christ dying for our sins. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.